Hello, this is Pastor Gimbel. I just wanted to share an update. Uh, the episode that you are about to hear was recorded some time ago uh, before we had several big announcements from our health officials at the local, state, and national levels regarding the coronavirus. So we've got some advertisements for worship services and midweek meals in our forthcoming episode here uh, that has some now outdated information. So currently, uh, we will be cutting back a lot of our activities and we will be live streaming only for the near future. So we invite you to join us for our Lent midweek service Wednesday at 7 p.m., and also our Sunday morning service at 8 a.m. Both of these services will be done in-house due to the limitations of the number of people there. Uh, We will not allow uh, anyone to participate with us in person in our sanctuary at this time. Thank you for your understanding and support. Uh, We can continue to keep the podcast going through the, the technological means that we have available to us. So we hope that you will continue to tune in, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, everybody, to our Lenten podcast on the book of Isaiah. Uh, Today, we have another special guest. You might have heard her last time. Uh, I'll introduce myself first. I'm Brian Belter, co-host as always. Pastor Gimbel. And our special guest once again. Shauna Zioko. Again, thanks for being here, Shauna. I really appreciated your input on our last episode, and hopefully this one will be just as great. No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) But we always do like having a fresh voice and a fresh set of eyes to look over Uh, this wonderful book. Uh, Today we're going to be reading from Isaiah chapter 40, uh, verses 1 through 11. So if you want to pull out your Bible and follow along, uh, we're going to do a little bit different today. We're going to do a little round robin reading to kind of emphasize some of the the chunks of this passage. Um, You know, there's a few different themes running through it, and we're going to emphasize verses by the three of us kind of reading round-robin style. So, Pastor Gimbel, would you like to kick us off, starting Isaiah 40, verse 1? Okay. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry. And I said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, 
when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will lead. Uh, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who, that are with the young. There is a lot, a lot in there to talk about. But it's so pretty. Yeah, it is wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, fantastic stuff. I should say before we dive in, if I may, that uh, this marks a natural division line in the book of Isaiah. Uh, it's been tradition and a good division to divide it up into at least two parts, but one of these divisions is between chapters 1 through 39, and then a second division right here from 40 to the end of the book, chapter 66. Did you guys realize this actually parallels the numbering of the books of the Bible too? So there are 39 books in the Old Testament, 39 books in the first half of Isaiah, and 27 books in the New Testament, and 27 books from 40 to 66. And it's pretty appropriate, that division, right? As far as the message and content that's generally associated with that division? Right, yeah. As we'll be seeing, we're going to go through, and the rest of these podcasts will be in the second half of Isaiah, chapters 40 through 66, and just a lot of of really treasured, gospel-rich passages in this part. Not that there weren't before, but it's just in more frequency or a higher frequency, rather. The first half is more associated, typically, with the condemnation of what's going on in Judah, Jerusalem. It's very law-heavy of what is going wrong. And then, again, the second half is more gospel-oriented and the hope for the future. I'm getting that right, correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of what does God's people need at the time. And the first half, God's people needed to hear it. They needed to hear that law. They needed to hear what they were doing wrong. And then when, because, you know, Israel and Judah were in a bad spot. They were messing up left and right. They had gone completely downhill since, you know, King David and King Solomon. And it just started spiraling downhill. So they are sinning left and right. And they are about to be swept up and taken into Babylon. And then after that, it's God's people need comfort. They need hope for the future that there's something that's coming that's going to be great. And on both sides, there's still some gospel in, you know, the first half. And there's still some law in the second half. But it definitely starts hunkering down in the gospels in this comfort as it says in the first just the very beginning it comfort comfort my people says your god it opens up this second half good segue there uh shauna so let's start with verse one talking comfort comfort why do we need comfort what what's the point of this section starting with that word well i think it's neat to see that that word is mentioned twice there And that goes to show that God is serious about this. 
you know, even even as a parent, right, when you mention something to your kid twice or call them by name twice, twice, you know that you're you're not messing around there. Uh, and the why, I think, to answer Brian's question is in verse 2. Her warfare is ended, her iniquity is pardoned. I think, obviously, that last phrase that I just mentioned is the big one, that the sins that we have done, iniquity, is, is no longer a problem or an issue hanging over our heads. And then that last uh, phrase there, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins, when I read that, first of all, it usually sounds like it's like a negative and a negative punishment, but it's actually a positive thing. So in other words, like we give our one sins and then God gives us twice blessings. So it's even even greater than like a one-to-one exchange. Yeah, at first like blush, that, that verse kind of, that last sentence there makes you think, ooh, I'm in trouble and now I'm in double trouble, but it's actually the other way around yeah i'm in trouble good. but i'm getting double good for the trouble that i've done exactly which that's the gospel right there and going back to that word iniquity when i see the word iniquity i automatically think of isaiah 53 because later on it in the suffering servant it says that he was bruised for our iniquities and so then you're going back to our iniquities are pardoned well how were they pardoned once again it's bringing back christ into it that when we're receiving double for all our sins, that we're receiving Christ's inheritance despite our sins. So it's that balance there that isn't balanced. You can never balance it, yet it's a gift that we're given. Yep. This passage starts off Handel's Messiah, or toward the very beginning of Handel's Messiah as well. So uh, if you want to hear a good take on this musically, then definitely have a listen to that. And there'll be a handful of other passages, too, uh, later on today and later on in the study. Yeah. I, I think that, like, when it's talking about her warfare is ended, for the Old Testament people who are reading this, they're thinking, okay, the exile and, you know, we're we're done with warfare as the countries of Israel and Judah. But as New Testament readers, we're going, our warfare is ended, it's... The greater warfare, the warfare, warfare, spiritual warfare going against the devil that it's over because Christ has ended it. So, again, it's that cool little balance there. It also shows, again, uh, how we I know we've talked about this several times already, but the expectation of who the Messiah was going to be by the the Jewish people uh, at the time of Christ and what Christ actually came to accomplish these verses, again, kind of point to, the word warfare is in there, it kind of points to a military leader, a mighty hand, coming to maybe solve political issues, uh, nation issues, as opposed to that spiritual warfare that we know as Christians looking back at, at these prophecies through our lens of Christ. That's what I was thinking about, too. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I know we, too, were also trying to find justice and righteousness throughout the book of Isaiah. And we don't specifically see those words in, the, in this passage that we've read through. But we do see the word iniquity, yeah. which is unjustice. You know, if equity is justice, iniquity is unjustice. So all of our unjustices are going to be put away. I just want to point out that you can still find justice in this passage when it's not specifically mentioned. Yeah, again, huge theme throughout this, this book for sure. Let's move on to the next couple of verses. Yeah, verse three. Um, we all, I think, many people recognize that a, a voice cries, 
In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. It's some good imagery that points to John the Baptist right we, there. We definitely recognize yes. that. That's right away. You know, you automatically think, okay, John the Baptist. It's that fulfillment of scripture right there is that he was in the wilderness saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. And then you were mentioning also. Christ's ministry itself was prepared in the wilderness. Uh, You know, we read that story often of his 40 days in the wilderness, ending with temptations by the devil, um, preparing him to, to move forward in his ministry here on earth. So many times a lot of things in the Bible have started in the wilderness. When you also think about the people of God were in the wilderness for Abraham. Abraham went into the wilderness and, you know, take another step today. Well, even in the beginning, Adam and Eve were cast into the wilderness from the garden. So it starts out right there. And you've got Exodus. They go into the wilderness for 40 years, you know, and then you've got just over and over again, even Jonah went into the wilderness for a while. Just again and again, God likes to start things in the wilderness, in the wild, and then bring it back. I always like that that imagery, too, of wilderness starting the these stories of the lives of these, these great biblical figures that we see. And it just shows, again, how creation and mankind are tied together through the fall and our sin. Con- creation is condemned as well, but also the glory that's coming with Christ is going to restore creation as well as restore Mankind. That's a great point. So you mean, like, because there's no plant life really going on in the wilderness, that's a, like a clear sign of sin? You know, kind of, what's, is that what you're saying, Brian? Well, I'm saying that the wilderness is just raw creation that man, that you can put man into. And we know that, uh, I mean, Romans speaks of it as well, that, that creation groans uh, because of this, the fall and the sin of man. So creation is suffering as well and looking for restoration, all of creation is looking for restoration through Christ. Yeah, good stuff, for sure. Verse 5 of that one, And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. That's a hard one to read, by the way. Flesh <laughs> shall see. You have to yeah, try somebody with a list. Flesh flesh shall. It, flesh it, that is definitely one of those that I have trouble speaking. I was glad I didn't have to read that one. <laughs> the glory theme is a huge one. Uh, this might conjure up some past discussions about the book of Exodus, where the glory of the Lord was a huge theme throughout that book. And when the glory of the Lord came, it was on Mount Sinai, and then the glory of the Lord traveled with God's people in the tabernacle and then the glory of the Lord would leave as a cloud and as a fire and then it would just go somewhere else and then they would set up camp and the glory of the Lord would come back into the tabernacle again. And it's all been kind of building, building, building and here we get another image of that glory. Finally we get to see who's who's behind there. You know, Maybe like Wizard of Oz, who's that man behind the curtain <laughs> kind of thing. It'll finally be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. Except what's behind the curtain is much more amazing than, you know, a little man from Topeka, you know. Right, exactly. (laughs) I'm sorry, Omaha. He's from Omaha. Is that right? Don't ask why I know this. (laughs) But, yeah, it's this idea of, you know, the glory of the Lord. And in Exodus, 
you know, it was behind a cloud. You know, we mm-hmm. weren't able to see the glory of the Lord and that, you know, he, it showed up in a bush and that it showed up in, you know, a pillar and all this other stuff. But now it's the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And then you get that transfiguration there, that idea that not seeing the glory of God just because it's so amazing, it will melt our eyes like in, you know, Indiana Jones or something. No, it, it's the glory of the Lord shall see it. You know, the flesh shall see it. The mouth of the Lord has spoken this beautiful imagery versus this scary imagery. And it does, I do like the, these first few verses here do point to the might and grandeur and awe that is to be found in the Lord. You know, so often we think, as modern-day Christians, we think of Christ as that cuddly, lamb-holding, flowing, blonde hair Jesus. But here we kind of get an image again, like we talked about a few episodes ago, of a mighty, conquering king and Lord. And I, I really love that imagery. Yeah, it's one that I think, as I said before, tends to get lost. Uh, a lot more in today's day and age. And I, I think that's really unfortunate that it does. Yeah. The awesomeness of God. Yeah. I want to get to these next couple verses because I really like these next couple verses too. Oh, yeah. Uh, verses 6, 7, and 8. Uh, a voice says, Cry, and I said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Some repetition there again, so I guess they were trying to emphasize a point. Yeah, the repetition of the word grass, mm-hmm. and that's the, the evidence of the law here, where we have the, the people are like grass, and it just kind of goes in and goes out. And just a reminder that our lives are temporary, but in the midst of that reminder, we have one thing that's not temporary, and that is the word of God. So among my favorite doctrines and teachings of the church is the doctrine of the Word of God. I've always just had a soft spot for a lot of the Bible passages that talk about the importance of God's Word in my life. Uh, it ties back to my confirmation verse a little bit from John chapter 8. You know, If you continue in my Word, you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So I've always had that as... I don't know, a passion or a very important piece in my life personally, too. I, I really like how in verse 6, it it's like, voice says cry, and I say, what shall I cry? Well, yeah, it's like, Brian, do this podcast. Brian says, what should we do it about? <laughs> and Pastor Gimple says, Isaiah. And I say, okay. For the record, I did not pick Isaiah. That was the elders. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's it's this idea of bringing it back to the word. What shall I cry? Well, God just gave us this big book full of things to cry. You know, we're, it's not coming from us. What we're crying is not coming from us. What we're crying is coming from God. It's coming from Scripture. It's that good sola scriptura thing right there that you've got mm-hmm. going on is what shall I cry? God has given you what to cry. It's like, how shall we pray? Jesus tells us how to pray. we're equipped he equips us we're not just he doesn't just push us out on stage and say go have fun he says this is what i want you to say here's your lines yeah here's your lines you know (laughs) or or the 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 voice of the lord out in the wilderness he didn't just start making up stuff off the top of his head 
John's, you know, quoting straight from Isaiah. Yeah, and it's a pretty basic law gospel message here, too, when you think about it. We live in a world where sin exists and the wages of sin is death and death exists. And what's the antidote or the remedy for that is the word of God, the word of God that endures forever. And then we move on to an awesome passage. This idea of how incredibly awesome God is. You know, this, again, this awesomeness of God that we get to see, you know. Can we read that again? Yeah. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom, and gently lead those that are with young. I was wondering you know, where you came from in this part of the country. Get you up to a high mountain. <laughs> you almost needed to read that with us. Do not make me use my original accent. It's not pleasant. (laughs) (laughs) I like that in the first first four lines there, we get the words good news twice. Yeah. Um, That's definitely a a signal of what we're talking about here. Good news and lifting it up. Lift it up. Lift your voice. The name of that good news is Harold. (laughs) And then Harold Angel sings. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there we go again. That's but, your that's your pastor dad joke for today. But that's but right. you know <laughs> it, it's great because it's as we were talking before before we started recording that this passage is great because it goes back and forth on imagery of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you get both this mighty God when he comes with might and his arm rules and his reward is with him and recompense. But then what does he do in verse eleven? Takes the little lammy lammies and gives some huggy huggies. <laughs> yep. I, I mean, he said that a little sarcastically, but <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's wonderful right. to note that that sometimes we try to, again, I know we've talked about this, but sometimes we try to put God in a box, to put Jesus in a box and, and focus on a certain certain personality trait or a certain part of who he is. But he encompasses so much more than our limited understanding can, can fathom here. And... We see that in these these few verses that he is mighty and powerful and strong, but yet he's tender and loving and caring it all kind at the of same a, time. Yeah, it, can you just imagine that? I mean, here's Jesus. Imagine him with like battle armor on and like these chiseled arms and legs and a six pack and actually wearing stuff, and then at the same time like picking up a like a ten year old <laughs> or a two year old in his arms and just embracing them with that gentle hug. There was a chapel when I, I was taking my undergrad at Seward. There was a chapel service that was led by one of the art teachers. And if you've ever been to a Concordia chapel service that is led by the art department, it is, you never know what you're going to get. And one year they decided to do one on the imagery of Jesus. And so he was projecting unusual depictions of Jesus. And one of them came from South America and it was an incredibly buff, ripped Jesus, and he's got, like, 
a bandolier and a gun and everything and he's like embracing a small you know south american child and it's just like this bizarre imagery that you get <laughs> that comes from somewhere someone thought says that is my jesus you know it seems bizarre to us, right? But right. is it really like, that bizarre it come, to right out of this? Yeah, it does it, come right out. And of it kind of like when we were in high school, there was this one T-shirt going around that was like "Jesus is my homeboy." Oh yeah, yeah, the "Jesus is my homeboy" sort of thing, where the imagery was Jesus, and he just looked like this really cool guy that you would hang out with. He's my buddy that wears a a sweater around. Yeah, and, and you know sandals, you know yeah. the the tevas or whatever. And I think that that's one of the things is that. He, he's so many things to so many people and that this passage really pulls on that is that he is both our protector and our comforter. Yeah. You know, th- this yeah. this idea of the strong and mighty arm, but also protector of those with young, you know? Yeah, and I think both of these images come to play, obviously, later on. And I wonder again, going again, bringing back our past discussion, if the the leaders of the Jewish people maybe had the military Jesus in mind, and then maybe they were kind of leaving behind this gentle shepherd Jesus a little bit. And if he didn't fit their box, and well, they were very much an oppressed him. people at that time, and what right. they thought that they needed was that military Christ. They they thought that what they needed was somebody to come and kick the Romans out. You mean like the one coming with might? Yeah. His arm rules for him, whose reward is with him and recompense before yeah, him. Yeah, they wanted that guy, they wanted another serious the Persian to come up like had come before to kick Babylon's butt and knock him into next year, you know? And they assumed that that was what was going to happen again, was that they are going to have another mighty ruler come and make everything better again. It's, I think it's very understandable that they viewed it that way. Um, I mean, I know often, especially when we read uh, through the Passion and we see how Jesus was uh, misjudged by his own people, they, you know, he came to his own people and they did not know him. Um, we don't understand why couldn't you not, why could you not recognize the Messiah and he's right in front of you? Well, when we kind of get back to reading the Old Testament and reading these prophecies, we can understand that at that time in history, the Jewish people needed physical saving from their situation. And that's what they looked forward to, and that's what they thought they needed. And once again, we learn that what we think we need is not what we actually need. Um, yep. And that's that's kind of the mistake that they made. That's the mistake that we make every day of thinking um, we need certain things. We pray in a certain way, and sometimes what we ask for is not what we really need, and we are given what we don't ask for because it's what we actually need. And we see that here again, you know, that that uh, that Messiah that is not necessarily going to bring power and prosperity back to the, the Jewish people in a political or physical sense, but, you know, comes to save souls and renew the spirit. God answers prayers according to his will, not according to ours. Thank the Lord for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It would be a very strange world if the otherwise were true. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Is there anything else in here you guys want to discuss, or you think that we've pretty much covered the? I know we can't cover it all. 
Oh. But we've covered a lot of a lot of good territory today, so. But you I know, it, yeah. it, if you, you do get a chance, do read the entirety of Isaiah forty because it does once again get into some really fantastic language. Yeah. Again, from where another take on it. Again, check out Handel's Messiah. Get to listen to Bible passages directly while listening to music. Good stuff. Absolutely. Well, again, Shauna, I want to thank you for being thank here you. again. Uh, My pleasure. I know I put you on the spot at the beginning of the episode, and I think you you did all right. So, <laughs> good work. I want to give a shout-out to our editor, Kevin Smith, who's been doing a great job uh, putting these things together, editing out all our ums and ahs. <laughs> and some of the rambling that we do from time to time doesn't make it into the final cut. Thankfully. So... so <laughs> Be sure to thank Kevin Smith for that. It makes me sound a lot smarter than I really am, more or less. <laughs> you and That's me what both. A good editor does. <laughs> uh, all right, so we've come to that part of the podcast where we uh, put Mr. Pastor Andy Gimble on a soapbox to advertise some Holy Cross news. A uh, soapbox, huh? Well, thank you for your, your participation in worship this weekend. Another great time to be gathered in with God's gifts and hear the word from Pastor Meyer. We're looking ahead again to our Lent midweek, as you know. So we've got tomorrow night services. We hope you get the chance to join us, 11 a.m., 7 p.m. And as always, we've got that wonderful Lenten dinner starting at 545. And this week we are having chicken nuggets and baked potatoes and mac and cheese. cheese. From the Board of Education, correct? Yep, my niece's favorite one. (laughs) (laughs) I think it is very popular amongst the kids. Favorite one as well. Yeah, they're they're like bottomless pits when it comes to mac and cheese. (laughs) Well, when it comes to chicken nuggets, I I don't know how to stop. Uh, I I, I get cut off by time. (laughs) So chicken nuggets are one of my weaknesses. Well, they're good. Come and see Sean and I inhale some chicken nuggets on Wednesday. (laughs) What do you guys like to have with your chicken nuggets, sauce wise? I'm a sweet and sour. And a honey mustard kind of fan. Like a sweet and sour teriyaki? No. Like, I'm thinking of McDonald's dipping sauces, because that was like my first introduction to chicken nuggets at a young age. So I always think of just the sweet and sour sauce with my chicken nuggets. Oh, I'm a honey person. You're honey? A real honey. Yeah, I usually go honey mustard when it's available, but usually we just have barbecue sauce. Oh, you can't go wrong with barbecue sauce. sauce. Yeah, I realize I can can probably put barbecue sauce in almost everything and be okay. (laughs) So, Board of Ed, please make sure you have plenty of barbecue sauce for Pastor Gimble. <laughs> I'll Actually, be bringing my own honey. All right, and don't forget that also uh, coming up this weekend, we do have our regular services at uh, 5 p.m. on Saturday, as well as 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday with a hour-long Bible study Sunday school in between the two services. So, got a guest preacher this weekend. Our SIM student, Adam Flanagan, will be taking the pulpit for us. I always look forward to that, seeing how far the young man has come. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sit there yeah, and grade him. <laughs> we, we will miss him here. Well, that's that's part of one of the hats that we do wear is, is grading him a little bit. But he's he's an above-average preacher for where he's at right I now. I agree. Based on past field. Adam, if you're listening, good job in advance, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But we don't have to do much grading for this one because I think this is for his classes, mm. his preaching classes. So I always say... Why am I grading your sermon when it's already being graded by all the professors? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So, yeah, come and join us for all those service opportunities and fellowship opportunities. Um, We look forward to uh, you all joining us next time. 
on our Isaiah podcast, but let's go ahead and end in a word of prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we come to you once again with thanksgiving and joy in our hearts at this opportunity to study your word and to share it with others uh, through this podcast. It has been a great blessing to the folks in this room, and I hope to everyone listening, and that it does uh, show forth your glory as found in the book of Isaiah. Uh, We want to thank you for showing us that you are a mighty and powerful and conquering Lord, but also a great comforter that takes the little lambs into his arms and holds them close to his bosom. Please comfort and protect us throughout this week. Bring us back together to study your word in the future and help us to see your salvation through the book of Isaiah. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. 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 All scripture readings do come from the English Standard Version of the Bible. Hello, this is Pastor Gimbel. I just wanted to share an update. Uh, the episode that you are about to hear was recorded some time ago uh, before we had several big announcements from our health officials at the local, state, and national levels regarding the coronavirus. So we've got some advertisements for worship services and midweek meals in our forthcoming episode here Uh, that has some now outdated information. So currently, uh, we will be cutting back a lot of our activities and we will be live streaming only for the near future. So we invite you to join us for our Lent midweek service Wednesday at 7 p.m. and also our Sunday morning service at 8 a.m. Both of these services will be done in-house Uh, Due to the limitations of the number of people there, uh, we will not allow uh, anyone to participate with us in person in our sanctuary at this time. Thank you for your understanding and support. Uh, We can continue to keep the podcast going through the, the technological means that we have available to us. So we hope that you will continue to tune in, and we hope you enjoy today's episode.